and we're on. Yay, we're on. Back and for 2023. I know. Is this our first? Is this our first one for? This is our first one for this year. Day? Yeah, because you had your tonsils fucking ripped out. Yeah. You yep. sounded pretty good. And now. I can talk again now, so... Yeah. So we're back on the pod. Back on the are, horse. We are joined all the way from Melbourne for the front man of the amazing band Loon. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Fresh off a, a, a nice little... Well, finishing your tour after COVID. Tried to ruin your life a little bit uh, yeah. and stop the end of the tour, but you got back, you finished it. We got to see you here in Adelaide uh, on Saturday night, and, and thanks for jumping on with us now and having a chat. No, oh, Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. Now, um, yeah, so as we said... You guys, uh, so how did it, how did the first leg of the tour? Where did you start? Because Melbourne's your home city. You're from Melbourne. Now you yeah. only you only got to finish Melbourne on the Friday and then played Adelaide on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. So it was what three or four weeks ago, or three weeks ago, or something. That the the other part of it. How long ago did you start the actual tour? Well, it was like three or four weeks. It was like the start of December. So it was the yeah. first or second week of December. Yeah, and we did uh, Sydney first. So yeah, which was interesting at the Chippo which was nice. Like it's always interesting playing Sydney because it's always like a bit different every time. Yeah. And then we did Newey, which is kind of like a, a second hometown show for us because our drummer Harrison is actually from Newcastle. Oh, true. And he, he plays in another band uh, called the pain body and he's Harrison's just a weapon. He's a multi-instrumentalist. He's like better at guitar than everyone in the band. And Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like he's, yeah he's like, he's like in with all the, the big wig guitarists and stuff like Wes Hauk follows him, like Jeff Linus and all these people. It's like nuts. He's wow. actually crazy. Yeah. Crazy. But yeah, it was like his other band, the pain bodies first show, which are more like very techie, like death metal um, sort of stuff. I would say it's, it's like, it, he used to be in a band called the um, blind Oracle, which is how yep. I met Harrison. Um, uh, Cause I used to be the photographer and the videographer for that band. And then that band yeah, sort cool. of came to an end and then, I started doing this and yeah, we'll get into that. But um, yeah, but Newcastle was really, really sick. Um, and like that was our first time playing in Newcastle ever as Loon anyway. Um, and that was unreal. And we played Brisbane, which is Brisbane's always like we have a lot of friends up there mm-hmm. and we love being up there. It's um like a really good atmosphere and Brisbane's always really hectic. Yeah. Um, there's such like an energy in that city. That, yeah, um, I, I, I don't know if you really get it anywhere else in Australia. It's, I don't know, it's just different. Like I, maybe it's just because like all the, the shows that go on are like near Fortitude Valley. And if you don't yeah, know about okay. Fortitude Valley, that place is like people just, it's just like a whole massive area. It's just all sorts of stuff. And you see some characters there. You can just yeah. walk around there and you'll just, be laughing your ass off the entire time because there's always something nuts on. But um, Brizzy was awesome, um, other than getting COVID. But um, yeah, Brizzy was great just because uh, we just we love going up there and there's like a lot of old friends that are up there from just touring over the years. Um, and we always get a really good response there for for whatever reason. And so we, we just love playing there. And that, that it was an intimate venue and it was very very packed out. And it was That's killer. Um, yeah, like a really sick energy. So like even on the back of like us all getting COVID, like I think everyone walked away from that gig being like that was unreal. Yeah. Um, even though like I was having a rough night that night and I started, I was like a couple of us were kind of starting to feel a bit funny and like we'd, you know, tested or whatever and like it hadn't really showed up yet because um, I think you just with rats, you got to wait a little bit mm-hmm. um, or whatever. But 
um, yeah, I was like, oh, I feel a bit funny, but I'll push through and like, didn't matter. Like the show was still fucking awesome. And, you know, yeah, it, this is one of those shows that we'll, we'll, we'll hold on to for a long time because it was very special. And it was, it was great for Relica as well that they had like a, a really like good energy and they seem to have this, a similar sort of buzz in that city as well. Like we were all just really excited to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that might've been maybe one of Heartline's first times in Brisbane. I think they've mm. toured a little bit before this, like they've toured with circles and stuff, but um, they are, uh, yeah, they like had a really good response to what Anyway, in short, Brisbane rocks. It's awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, then we all got COVID and that sucked and had to do the reschedule. But, um, you know, like it was kind of a, I could, probably shouldn't be saying this, but it was kind of like a blessing in disguise because the original Melbourne date, um, there was uh, two clashes on the same night. Oh, wow. First one being, it was on the other side of the city, but it doesn't matter. Like with Melbourne, like people will travel for shows. Yeah, yeah. There was North Lane. Oh, oh yeah, wow. and there was yours truly which is yeah, like i was okay. cut because i really wanted to go and see yours truly like i'm a, i really really love that band and i've never seen life wow. and I'm always, yeah, okay because oh, something always happens like i'm like oh fuck yeah i want to go like see michaela sing um and like they're just a really fucking good live band and i yeah one a guy that we've worked with a bunch joel adams who does sound for the mini travels with them as a touring sound engineer um yeah, he just posts videos of them all the time when he's he's touring with them. And I'm just like, fuck, I gotta go see this band. And every yeah. time I miss out, but so you've never like, seen them? Never seen them. Yeah, just, they're uh, really good, man. Actually, like I rate them. They they played here at the Garvin. It was yeah, a good show. They mm. played with Beartooth, I think it was. Yeah, Ooh, yeah I think. That. Interesting think. lineup. I like a good mix, Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah um, and- so you uh, obviously that was Sydney. That was Brisbane. So you guys didn't play Perth. No, so that's one of the things where I've, for all the people that I don't know if anyone from Perth watches this, but sorry to all those people because we really want to get over there. Yeah, but it's just one of those things where, like, I think at the moment, this is touring is very different nowadays, and there's yeah. definitely a lot more costs attached to touring. Um, I promise to those people, we will go to Perth eventually. I promise. Um, it's just we're not quite there yet. We will, I promise. Yeah, um, well, surprisingly we'll enough, we actually well. have a fair few pe- like people from Perth tuning in because we've interviewed a lot of Perth bands. Yeah, well, I was, I was yeah. mentioning to you on the at the merch desk how I'm going to come check out the the show with uh, with Indestruction because Sedative, who are homies from Perth, um, they're obviously on that uh, on that bill, and we promised them as soon as they were back in Adelaide, we'd come and, and come and say hey. So um, yeah, we'll definitely be uh, be hitting that show up and, and getting along to that. We can't wait. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, and um, we've got a lot of friends in Perth, so it's it's kind of like I'm kind of bummed that we we haven't been yet because yeah. Like, um, like my brother and David, who David's the bass player. My brother is the guitarist, Chris. Yeah. Um, they were in a band called Ivalience and they toured a lot. Yes. Um, and uh, they, you know, they went on a bunch of tours with a band called Iconoclast, which were from yeah, Perth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like, so we were like really tight with those people and um, like we all like love Cody, who um, is the guitarist in the band and he's like, you know, side of the family, and he's a producer over there, and yeah, he's a he's a bit of a weapon, that guy. So I, I'd I'd love to get over there and go hang out with all those people because yeah, yeah, yeah. Be cool. And, uh, Ryan, Ryan's old housemate. There's we we have a lot of Perth fans. 
Yeah. Yeah, Ryan's old housemate uh, is a sound guy that does a lot of stuff here in Adelaide and he was one of the biggest Eye Valiance fans uh, of all time. So I got I went to see them a few times. I reckon that they might have been on the show that Black Tongue pulled out of here oh, in Adelaide. Oh, yeah. I reckon it was like them make them suffer, uh, Black Tongue and maybe one other band. It was just a fucking mental lineup, and but Black Tongue pulled out of the Adelaide show at the last minute. So like oh, they, yeah. so like make them suffer and uh, Eye Valiance got to play longer sets. Maybe it was Boris the Blade. So it was like, Oh, fucking yeah. tough lineup. Yeah, big lineup. Yeah, um, I remember that. That was in 2015. That was um, yep. the Old Souls tour for Make Me yes. Suffer. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, that lineup was just mental. And uh, even with, you know, I was keen to see Black Tongue because I thought someone's going to die in this pit. But um, yeah. uh, it was still a mental show. They all just got to play longer sets and, you know, everyone had a great time. So, yeah, no, they were they were a great band. And that. so you've got two members in, in Loon now. Two. Two, yeah, well, two members of Ival are in Lumen, yes. Because um, Ival was kind of like, I, I guess this is probably the origin story of the band. Ival was kind of like dying. And then, like, it, oh, it was like ramping down, I would say. not. Um, it just, I think people had different priorities. And um, Chris and David were still really hungry to push. Um, but, um, and Chris kind of was going a different direction. So uh, Chris actually filled in for Make Them Suffer in Europe. And yeah, uh, wow. yeah, and he did a like a headline run with them in like, what in twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen in that period, yep. and then um, you know Chris came back real hungry and just like we need to like grind hard and go real hard. Um, as far as I understand, maybe not everyone was on the same page um, in that sort of way, and so Chris started writing music just on his own, and um, this this band exists because. Ival was kind of coming to an end and uh, Chris had been touring. It filled in for MTS and kind of came back really hungry um, for, you know, to like push the band harder than ever. And yep. I think, I don't know, as far as I understand, I don't know the full story, but, um, you know, I think people were in different places. And so that band is kind of like, I wouldn't call over, but on a hiatus, I would say, um, mm, but yeah. who, know, who knows, like, uh, who's to say, um, but, uh, yeah. And then Chris was started writing music of his own, just on his own. And, um, I, I was just that guy, uh, like he's, I was just his little bro in the other room hearing music and kind of like singing something to myself over it, but like not having the courage to kind of like walk into the room and be like, I think I have an idea for that. Um, and then like it took a couple of years and I think he tried a couple of people and uh, then he one day he just asked me, he just sent me a track, which was the early uh, version of Manipulator, yeah, uh, which yeah. I think had like a a pre-production name of so something to do with about salamanders or something like that. Okay, the, right. the pre-production names, they're always like really silly names. Oh, Other yeah. to do with like yeah. the early days was always to do with salamanders or lizards or something. <laughs> yeah. and to do with food. I think, yeah. I think, I think exit was called um, the calzone before, <laughs> before it was like an actual song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how the band started, I guess. And um, yeah. So and then David was still really hungry. David was really hungry to keep going. So it was just like a no brainer for Chris to get David back on. Cause they've worked together for like over 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. So what about yourself then? Well, let's talk us through your own musical journey. Is this your first ever band? How did you get into to doing the vocals? You're playing the instruments. Talk us through, I guess your own history with, with music and bands, if there's any. 
Okay. Um, when I was a teenager, like when I was a kid, like I play guitar and I play bass. I can do all yep. that sort of stuff. I write my music, but um, it's just for me. It's yep. like I don't, I don't really instrumentally. I think what I write instrumentally is very different to how Chris and David write and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, like I would like to put more, more of my stuff in there, but I, I, I would say it's probably more of the, the chorus and melodic stuff. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, and, and I, I kind of always like wanted to sing, but like didn't think I was very good. But I was always just like the kid in my bedroom just trying to figure out how to scream. So I always just did like weird little voices and impressions of things. And I was like, what if I do an impression of like this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> and try and do it. Well, I'll tell and you what, man, like, you've- no, um, You're okay you, at that. And then I tried to do it. You figured it out. You figured it out because I was actually saying to Justin after the show on the way home, how impressed I was with your range. Um, and how you can go oh, from thanks, these, man. this almost like uh, Sam Carter, old Sam Carter sounding high scream that kind of reminds me of that early architect sounds from that to like this brutal low and then that real like like piggy sounds. Man. And I, I was just blown away, honestly. It was really <laughs> yeah. good, bro. It was really good. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. Uh, and then fuck what else I, I was in a bunch of bands that were terrible um my brother and i were in like some like melodic death metal band together like in, when we were teenagers or whatever and then that was like the extent of what we'd done band wise together and then he went and joined ival and ival was ival um and then i i don't know i think he and i like went like two different directions musically but then it kind of like came back to the same place i was in a band with a really questionable name um was, what was that um called architects of evolution it's called <laughs> architects of evolution and it was like it was like a deathcore band um yeah, okay. and with like but it was like all like metal dudes and it was kind of i met them through a couple of friends and um one of them is now luke, luke graham who plays in ho- guitar at autopsy um okay. yeah. yeah he was the guitarist on that band and there's um sam wright who's now he plays guitar in a band called wallet inspector which is like an instrumental crazy crazy instrumental band okay um wow. like if you're into like prog stuff or just like really techie playing yes we're I really am. into that and um matt willem who or matt poey uh who used to be in autopsy as well um plays okay. guitar in that band so it was kind of like this weird side project thing but yeah, that band existed and we did like a 15-track concept album or something. Yeah. And okay. we, we did that, released that in like 2015 and then just dipped and that yeah. was it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then I didn't do anything for ages musically. I tried to work with a couple of people um, and I was, but I was like, like I, I work in the photographic industry. Okay. Um, that's what I do every day. Um, so I was like studying that at uni and like being trained to do that. Um and so that just kind of became my priority and I was kind of like done with music for a while, but it had always been like this itch in the back of my mind because I was like working with bands still and I was all yeah. around. And I was like touring with bands still and doing like photo and video work for them. So I was kind of like always like, oh, fuck, I kind of miss this. And then yeah. I started like writing my own shit again and my brother sort of started noticing that maybe like a, I wasn't, you know, like just his little brother that used to be in a terrible Melody Death band with them. Uh, yeah and then we decided to do stuff together and, you know that's that and i bet i completely changed how i sing and scream for the most part for this band okay it, interesting my, my brother sent me the song and then was like i want like yells 
um, which I kind of done, but I was, I was writing this like at the time for myself, this really, really emo stuff, like with like really like yelly whiny vocals almost. That's kind of like probably closer to if you know a band called Touche Amore or that band or like La Dispute or something like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so right. I'm really into that sort of stuff. I really like um, like a lot of hardcore and emo and mm-hmm. like, uh, like all sorts of stuff. Um, that's definitely my bag. Um, like it's just very raw and honest kind of subject matter and mm. lyrics. And I think that is what I, what a lot of what I brought in to learn, which was just uh, spilling my fucking guts on tracks. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is, I don't know. I feel like I, I wouldn't do it any other way. Cause I feel like when I was younger, when I was like 18 years old, I was like writing this concept album about aliens and yeah. this sort of stuff. And it was cool, but it was kind of like, I don't really like, resonate with this yeah it's i'm not really connecting with it as like as much i couldn't write about anything like that anymore like i have to write about something real and i think like the the most in the heaviest things and i think the most important things to write about are the things like things that happen in real life and are like very real things or For sure. things you've experienced and i think like a lot of artists they use like their music or something as a way to like have a cathartic release or like a positive outlet for something that's happened or something they've experienced and some way to tell that story and get out of their system in a healthy way. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of like, uh, I make this joke all the time that we're like trauma dumping the band. Um, <laughs> because we just like, I don't know. I just, I, you know, we, we experience things and we talk about them and then we write about them. Um, hundred percent, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just I couldn't go back to uh, like writing about aliens or anything. Yeah, of course. Real. Yeah, because it just it wouldn't it wouldn't feel it wouldn't feel right to me. Yeah. Um, well, some things. Kind of sidetracked. <laughs> no, no, you're all right. No, so because well, I mean I think that shines through as well. Like the way you even started your set, you came out with so much energy. You were like, um, you know, getting in the crowd's face and being like, "Let's fucking go!" Like there was so like you can tell it again. Like that the passion in the music and that then shines through even more on the back of that energy that you bring. And it's super obvious how talented the entire band is. You mentioned the drums before, and that was a big standout Mm. for me. Even the whole night, I was like, I I felt like drums was a fucking winner for me out of that night. Yeah, every band had a good drummer. Every band had just an insane uh, drummer, and it was just really cool. The sound in Enigma is always quite good as well, like... The snares were just sounding fucking crisp as mm, I kept saying. Four hundred meters away, right? Yeah, the yeah, snare yeah. bombs sound like they're coming back from Melbourne. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can definitely tell that. Yeah, you guys are just super talented. Have a history of you know, I guess, passion for music, and it really shines through. So, full credit to you guys um, oh, as well in that. Like it was, it was such a good show, and I've actually been on on you guys for quite some time, and it was exciting to finally get to see you you guys live, and and for me as well. Like I actually had not heard of Relica I was as soon as I saw the announcement and that you guys were coming to Adelaide I was like yeah I'm gonna finally go and see Loon and I was like I hadn't heard of Relica other than someone else that we'd had on the podcast mentioning them and I was like I've got to check these guys out if they're the co you know sort of headliners with Loon and my fucking god I fell in love man they are amazing one of the coolest things I've yeah, heard that, in such a long time that band rips yeah they're they're sick and like it was kind of cool because they're like they've kind of got their own thing going on, which I think is really cool. Like they're like, 
the whole time, like we were just razzing them and making like prog metal jokes like the entire time we were with them. But like they're not a prog band really. Like yeah. they have, there's definitely like bits where it's like, yeah, this is like very prog. But they're also like sitting on the fence between that like prog metal crowd and also like metalcore, which is quite cool. So they've got this almost like really like open canvas to really do whatever the fuck they want, yeah. which I think is quite cool because so each song can really be whatever it needs to be and it's it doesn't really feel like it's out of place yeah which is kind of nice about that band and like mon's such a force vocally as well like um yeah i was just like really impressed watching her sing every night i was just like fucking hell you got you got some lungs on you mate yeah Um, yeah 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 yeah. yeah, that 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 whole band can play their asses off which is really cool and it's it's nice and um they're also just like very very professional and nice to deal with so yeah, it's it's refreshing to yeah. um. I to found it so, I found it so interesting that like it's a band where you know like I don't know sometimes you'll hear a band that doesn't have a screamer and you'll feel like it's missing something. Um, when they're playing that kind of sound, you'll sometimes like be like you know you feel like with just a clean vocalist like that there's that edge or that that sort of passion missing, and I don't feel that for one second with them at all. Like oh no, the, not at all. The, yeah. the sound that they create is is just as like heavy and impactful without needing the the unclean vocals which is a which is a really you know positive uh feedback for them mm. to be able to do that and you don't even feel yourself like noticing anything you know missing in that that kind of passion side and they're just yeah they're just really cool so it was amazing to get to see them live and and meet a couple of them after the show as well and and again i'm we've got to give props to heartline obviously shout out the adelaide homies they yeah uh, they're fucking rules and they're just the best people as well like yeah. we got along with them like immediately yeah um yeah they yeah. we wanted to with them again real bad because they're yeah, just sure. not only are they just like a criminally underrated band um they're just like amazing musicians and also just lovely people yeah, yeah. well yeah. we chatted to the leads uh the screamer um and lead singer after the show as well we're going to get them on for a podcast because again we were like you know just, just I'd, yeah, be, I'd been listening yeah. to them for a while but again it was my first time getting to see them because i'd missed them a couple of times due to to other reasons and i was so excited and like i said it was just like I, it was insane to think that i paid 20 dollars for that show i would have happily paid 60 that's how mm, like no. that's how just i went home on a cloud of metal love i was very <laughs> i was very happy you were you were the same yeah. i think as well it was bro. great it was show, just like, it was fucking fantastic um and oh, for the you. fact that you guys get to be on tour again soon that must be pretty exciting obviously you know almost fairly back to back really yeah we've been fucking stinging to tour um just because we spent we took six months off last year and yeah. it was like this real weird thing of like are we going to come back and are people going to care mm. because but like um because we talked so long with it but i'm glad we did because now we're like now not only are we getting back onto touring and feeling really excited and like ready to do it and like get in the fucking van and grind we are like just sitting on this music that we just want people to hear yeah Um, and we're still on that weird period of like we're starting to play the music live and people can hear it and like get get a taste of what's coming but we're also just like fuck we want people to hear it so bad that was Um, actually going to be my next question to you because you played a new song uh on the weekend and it actually sounded a little bit uh more melodic 
than your yeah. other ones. And I was actually like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Um, what kind of direction you guys are going to go? Um, so what's the what's the scoop when it comes to this new um, Loon music? In uh, you writing something like a more of a full length, or you're going to drop some singles, or uh, we're sitting on a whole bunch of new music. Um, I will not disclose too much, but yeah, I would say it's not particularly one set. Yeah, I would say. Um, I will say that it, like we keep saying, it just like wipes the floor with anything we've done before. Yeah. Um, just in every single way, like everyone pulled their weight in such a huge way um, and like really stepped it up. Um, we've, you know, we've got a new guitar player as well, like Mason, who played in a band called Advocates and they grinded for years. And, but he's really cutting his teeth as a producer now as well. And he's actually been working with, um, a whole bunch of bands. Like he's working with Spectre, who is, um, a band we're touring with, with yes, Destruction. Yep. Um, so he's been working with them and, um, Chris had these songs and like when we were kind of looking for somebody like having someone that gels with my brother in the way he writes was really important to us. And yeah. their chemistry was just pretty undeniable. Um, and then the way that they communicate and work with one another musically, it just really made sense. Yeah. Um, but in that sort of way, when I mean people pulling their weight, those two are just a, a total force. And David is like really like, he's such a, like a drive and such a force. And he's like constantly caught it sort of pushing forward as well. And he's quite hungry. So it's, it's nice to have everyone in the band be on the same page in that sort of way and really pushing forward and really we're all going towards the same goal, which is really nice. And Harrison, who's just, I don't, I don't know what to say about that guy. Every time I talk about him, it's just, I just can't believe he's in our band. Um, <laughs> he just, uh, cause you know, I toured with him with Blind Oracle. And at the time when he was touring with that band, he was 16 years old and he was like playing 300 BPM blast beats and stuff. Uh, yeah, no he's, shit. Just, he's just like, an, he's just an animal. It's yeah. ridiculous. Um, and yeah, so we're like, we we're just kind of like come down and play with us and see what happens when we were starting the band looking for a drummer. And yeah, I'm so glad he's just in our band and having like the first release we did, he tracked drums, but it was on an e-kit. So okay. um, it wasn't the same, but for this record, he, he tracked every, we tracked live drums and yep. he smashed everything in a day and a half. Wow. He's, how many songs did he get out? I, I mean, once again, I will not disclose how many songs, but, um, but a yeah, couple, a couple, many songs, many songs um, yeah, in a day okay. and a half. And yeah, I just remember we were tracking drums with Lance and he, he, he did like a track in one take and just like, wow just mauled it, like just did such a good job. Yeah. And he went, he's in the mic and he's going, oh, was that shit? And Lance kind of turns around and goes, well, I don't know. I heard some audible gasps in the room behind me. Like, I think you're good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's just, yeah, he's just a weapon. Yeah. Um, so I definitely felt like I was like, oh, fuck. I, like every day, like I wake up and I'm in this band and I'm like, I can't, why am I in this band? I don't belong here. These people are ridiculous. Um, so I just try and step it up as much as possible where I can and well, hey, I don't think the vocals and are a weak point, man. I don't think the vocals are a weak point. So you got to give yourself all. a little bit of credit there. Yeah, dude. So you you were just saying that you've obviously um, been jumping into the studio with Lance Prank then. Yeah. Have, have just, you always gone through him or? Well, other than Lance recording the drums, this entire thing was self-produced. Right. So we tracked it by ourselves, yeah. Okay. So we spent a bit of time. When we first started, we'd been working on the songs for a year before that already and like demoing out the songs and stuff. And then... We spent six months like working, working some of the songs and getting to to a better place, 
Um, like I scrapped like vocals on a bunch of songs and just like redid it completely because mm-hmm. um, I had like initial ideas and demos and I thought they were cool and then I just completely reworked them and sat behind Chris and Mason as they started working together, reworking the songs and just went, okay, like this, this music is really at another level. I need to like step it up and like scrap a whole bunch of this and redo it. Um, But yeah, we, we, this entire house, like we tracked all the vocals. This is my bedroom and we tracked the vocals in here. And also like my PC is just here, which David was sitting here using this as like a control room. And then we have okay. like, we built a vocal booth out in, there's a garage, like just outside that, our house. And there's, we built a vocal booth and ran leads into that. So that was like my vocal booth and David was using this as a control room. The living room was where they tracked all the guitars and all the no bass. Shit. Um, so yeah. there's like each room in that place where we live and write all the music yeah. uh, was like a, just a whole house of us just making it all together. That's right. Um, which was like a really scary but also exciting thing. And then, you know, like that was the first week of it and we smashed as much as we possibly could and then we had a headline show at the end of the week. No so shit. We definitely, I feel like we definitely kind of bit off more than we could chew, but yeah. we just we just kept going and kept working on it. And I, we went to, I think a week before or two weeks before we started recording, we'd played a festival in Darwin with, um, called Terra Loud with Alpha Wolf and Diamond Construct and a few other bands. Yeah. And we all got COVID then. So you got COVID twice. Yeah, this was, yeah. In December, that was my second time having it. Fucking but hell. The second time was nowhere near as bad. Like I was pretty okay. Yeah. Um, I was, I spent the whole time just worrying about Monique because she's immunocompromised, just freaking out, being like, oh my God, is she going to die? Yeah. But, um, she was okay. And like, thank, thank God. I'm very glad that everyone is okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I had to spend a, a bit more time on the vocals finishing it just because I was still kind of recovering, um, which was interesting. But um, I definitely, I feel like even though like it, it prolonged the the recording process it kind of made me a better singer for it because i just had to like in some ways i had to i had to go to a vocal coach and like relearn how to do some techniques interesting to get my voice get my voice back up to scratch um yeah um and now yeah we're all good now so who'd you go go to for your vocal lessons so i went to i had i was like went around and got a bunch of recommendations from a bunch of people that ended up going to a place called Vox Singing Academy. Okay. Um, and I see a lady named Emily. She's a crazy Russian lady that yells at me um, to sing Very properly. Good. Yeah. And uh, she's awesome. So she's That's the cool. best. She's Emily at Vox Singing Academy. A little plug there for you. Yeah, um, shout but out. Yeah, people at uh, Vox Vocal Academy, like they've taught, you know, like Josh from Banks Arcade, David from Bell. Haven, yeah, uh, like heaps of people, uh, like Jacob from Thornhill, okay, all sorts of people, yeah, and, and Jacob from Thornhill recommended them to me. Okay, I was, I was looking for someone, and I just like randomly damned him. I was like, hey, like I'm looking for a new teacher. Do you have any recommendations? And he was like, singing high praise of them. So I cool, yeah, and they've been awesome. Yeah, yeah that's how so good. good. Well, I want to just jump back because I, some of the things that we were talking about before that I think stands out to me is like for you guys the closeness that you have as a band and like you know the complete removal of ego for yourself and you talking about like you know i'm just in awe of the fact that i get to be in this band like you know the excitement of of doing it all in the house together like i think we can very comfortably say like the bands that we talk to and the ones that are clearly the ones on the way up that is a very common theme do you know what i mean where everyone Mm. is like super like 
passionate about the the bonds and the friendships that they have with the band members and like really caring about the process all together and you know I, I guess it's such a thing where like bands for so long um were quite often you know you had the you know the egotistical member here and the yeah. people that don't agree there and like the bands that are really being successful these days are the ones that have like you know you mentioned that chris you know we wanted to have someone that came in that really like aligned with chris's like process and direction like thinking about those things like cognizantly mm. and being like this is the way that we be successful making sure that we do these things it's so important and probably underrated in terms of like you know acknowledging that as a as a massive important part of the band what else can you i guess you tell us about that about you know how how for you guys that's been a i guess a, a pillar of your success so far yeah the um, synergy the synergy of a band really has to has to work you know otherwise you're going to be releasing music and then you're going to reach that point in however many years after and if you're having infighting or disagreements then the music's going to start suffering yeah oh yeah big time um yeah like to start off with the ego thing like i think nowadays and i think it's, it's it's pretty clear to most people anyway but having an ego just that shit just doesn't fly mm. and it, it should have never flown the way it did and mm -hmm. um for, for any band at any level ever um but um i think you know you need to make sure that you have a good working relationship with the people you're working with before you can even talk about being a successful band because you know like you're not going to have anything if you're not like good and having a good working relationship with one another and you don't get along and you don't enjoy creating with those people. Mm -hmm. And I think in a lot of ways, like, you know, like I'm, I'm in a band with my brother. So like you, you need to have a certain level of, you need to compartmentalize like here's my brother and here's my bandmate, the person I work with and realize when we're pulling each other up on things and holding each other accountable for, you know, a job that needs to be done or something like that. That is not a personal thing. We're just, we're both ultimately want the same thing. We're trying to reach the same goal, yeah. whether that be, you know, like funding something or, you know, going on tour or releasing music or working on music. It's like, exactly, you know, yeah. Choosing we want to get this done. Or... Yeah. If we want to, we want to get this done. We have to work together, you know, yeah. like it's the only yeah. way and you have to leave your ego at the door most of the time. And yeah. also like, you know, you got to keep each other in check and like, that's fine and you know like my brother and i don't want to be the gallagher brothers you know like we don't want to end up hating each other so mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah um we gotta you know make sure that there's a good working relationship in place there and i think especially when it came to having new members we want to make sure that we have a good working relationship with them and that we all get along with each other and enjoy each other's company like davo and chris like that was is, is always been a no-brainer because they've worked together for 10 years and yeah what can I say about David? He's just like the best person in the world. Um, because like, I don't know, I've never met anyone like him. He's so weird, but yeah. I love it. And yeah. I'm, That's the basis, isn't it? Yeah, yeah he's the basis. Yeah. And he, he was originally the guitarist as well. But oh, um, okay. we had a bass player, Tyler, who left the band, who's yeah. like my brother's childhood best friend. Okay. Um, wow. And he was, he's like, he's a dad and he's got a family. And yeah. um, I think just like, you know, priorities change and things change and he wanted to move on. So, but David always kind of wanted to play bass. So he yeah, was right. just like, I mean, like, yeah, I'll play bass. And we we're like, like, really? You sure? And he was like, yeah, no, I'll play bass. And he got excited and like bought all this new gear and was just yeah. excited and happy. And we're like, oh, like you're actually serious. Like it was yeah. like a no-brainer for you, for you. You were just like, no, I wanted to do this. Okay. He was like, I want the long boy. He, he did long real boy. bad. And yeah, like he no gets moments he'll be like in the rehearsal room playing and he's like, 
feel like I was just meant to play bass. Yeah, no <laughs> um, shit. He loves it. So yeah, he was um, super cool, man. I had a chat to him over the merch desk about your vinyl, actually. Yeah, because yeah. I don't see many bands, especially heavy bands, that are producing vinyl and then bringing that along for sale and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I was kind of having a chat to him, and he seems super genuine, man. So he just is a music lover, and he loves music for just for it being music. Like before anything, it's like for him, it's so not about like being successful or being the biggest band. Mm. It is about making music that rings through to him and like yeah. playing and touring. And the way we've seen it, we're like, we're all in too deep now to turn back. Like we all, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all want this and it's like, you're either going to go and fucking do it or you don't. And yeah, um, we want it. So we're going to do it. And that's all there is to it. But um, David just like has the weirdest music taste and I love it. Like he'll, he'll, listens to so much different shit like i'll get every time i get into the car with him when you go somewhere he's like listen to this and i'll be like frank zappa and the next thing will be like freddie gibbs or joey badass or something like that oh wow and then he'll he'll put on like some like grindcore band or so it's it's always like something different all the time yeah um and i've and so like my relationship with david has always been like us recording music together and us showing each other really weird music killer because i feel like he's always has such an open mind about different kinds of music there's nothing yeah. that you can show him that he won't like actually sit and give the time of day Perfect, he'll, man. Yeah. He'll, he'll listen to all of it and he he tries to get an understanding like a good understanding of it um, yeah so like even as a heavy band like i've been like I kind of want to do this thing on this or like this, like this from this thing. And then it's like not even related to heavy music at all. Yeah. Some people will be like, Oh no, but that's like not heavy or like whatever. That's not like a thing that heavy bands do. Like he doesn't care. He's just like, no, like, like let's try it. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Sorry. It's funny you say that because that is another thing that we've noticed as an emerging theme from having chats to bands about how often they're like, you know, I've got this really gigantically broad music taste. And then I try and bring little bits and pieces of these things that aren't metal at all, but like, you know, add that into a bit of my vocal style Mm. or a bit of like, you know, the kind of musical sound will be like a bridge in a song because I like that particular, you know, style. And I think it like that, that whole, um, thought behind like oh you can't you know listen to anything else or you know gatekeepery like it, it's the same when it comes to the production side of it as well mm. you shouldn't gatekeep yourself into you know only sticking within the lanes of the genre that you kind of sound like or even the complete you know sound that you have it all together I think it's so important to appreciate all kinds and, and draw inspiration from everything because you know there's there's definitely so many untapped genres yeah. that can be well that's from. exactly right and like you're finding these days more and more in heavy music you're finding these other influences like for example with the new Sleep Token song mm. I think it's oh, like yeah. the Summoning or something like that that little section at the end where oh. he's like <laughs> Throwing a little uh, stank on it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was just like, "What the fuck is happening here?" I'm all for this. Yeah, like, and this it's is, so groovy. Yeah, there, and, like, and like, you, and people are finding ways to incorporate these different, um, these different styles and different techniques and stuff like that, and they're. Uh, breaking away from this kind of like template that's been set on heavy music that I feel like was such a common thing from 2005 to 2015, you know, like that kind of. Yeah. 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 um, They are like a band that I have a lot of time for and um, like knowing who some of the members are has definitely brought a lot of context to the band. Um, But um, 
yeah, like especially with them, like especially I remember hearing like the what was the first sleep token track I've heard? Might have been like 2018 or 2019. I was like, what is this? Yeah, it was like right before the the sundowning like album all out. Yeah, and I was like, this sounds like like metalcore, but like also like meets Bon Iver. And like the vocal, yeah. in, in, in how some of the vocal delivery is, and how some yeah. of the vocal layering is, like yeah. on the first album, um, there's a song called "Like the Night Does Not Belong to God," which is like the first one, and there's a middle section, and that song where there's a break, and it's just um, they're using like a vocoder or not a vocoder necessarily, but this um, like an effect that was made by uh, um, Justin Vernon, who's the the main songwriter of Bon Iver and Kanye West, I think on okay. Yeezus. Oh, my beautiful dog was a fan of I what album, but it's called The Crystallizer. Yeah, and it's like I this weird vocal, vocal effect chain they made and like yeah. they're using that and like all sorts of weird stuff. And I was like, yeah, this you don't hear this on anything even remotely metalcore. Mm, and then yeah. after that point, everyone's using it everywhere. But um, it's really like there, there's always like a band that is almost like it there's like this landmark or this point where something shifts yeah there's always a band that 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 shifts the way that people see or make or think about music yeah. and i think they're definitely one of those bands like and we got a double whammy we got two of them at once you know we got loathe and we got sleep token at the same time yeah you know, pretty much within a 12 month period we had sundown and come out and then we also got i let it in and talk everything which is just like a massive like shift for like heavy modern heavy music moving forward yeah yeah with that sort of stuff um, especially with the down tuning their low being tuning so low in a lot of their stuff but still having that crunch to it in a weird way uh, like yeah because they're using um baritone guitars like, yeah which are basically yeah. like basses but um like like a super super extended scale guitar but it's almost like a bass um but it's like perfect for that sort of sound because it's like so dirty sounding like it's not it's not perfect and it's not clean and mm. the aggression of that band and like the amount of stuff that they do in, in that sort of range, like it makes sense for that band so much. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's kind of nice to hear some heavy music that's production wise is quite polished, but like mm. in terms of how it's uh, presented production wise or production choices that are made that, um, you know, not everything has to be like super polished because I think mm. some of that rawness really, comes through on the song and it is really what is right for the song because if something's too sterile it can really take away from like the human element of a song or like the like the emotive part of it like definitely you, you, yeah. you lose the emotion out of it because it's like too mechanical and it's too perfect yeah um, yeah yeah it's a really exciting time for music at the moment. We say that a lot, but like, it, it, there's just so many. Like, even in Australia as well, particularly. Like, oh yeah. The, this, like, we we mention this all the time, but like, coming out of COVID, that what you mentioned before about Chris and that being like, you know, still having that hunger and 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 really wanting to drive it. I feel like that has been such a defining characteristic coming out of COVID, where people are like, we had this taken away from us it's do or die now let's fucking make this happen let's stop sitting on these tracks and not going and finishing them let's stop arming and ahhing about whether we're going to tour let's fucking do it because you know who knows what's going to happen in another fucking two years one year mm. whatever it may be let's do it right now and then you know you've got venues are saying let's fucking do it now we didn't have live music for you know a year 
plus. You've got bands going, let's fucking do it. We've not had this for that long. And then you've got the punters like fucking get me back to live music. So the culmination of all of those things has oh, been yeah. so good for shows. Um, and it's just amazing to just be stringing like so many shows together and getting yeah. back out there. It's just like, I just love it. I just always leave, um, you know, riding on a high. And again, having it taken away from me for, for so long really made me truly appreciate how much I have like a, not just a passion, but a need for live music. I didn't realize it was like a soul food thing where I was like, when it when I couldn't do it anymore, it actually was depressing. And um, I think a lot of people mm. feel the same way. And and yeah, the kind of the the rush of music and and talent and emerging incredibleness that's just coming out of it now. It's such a super exciting time to to be a fan of yeah. of metal. Um, it's in, interesting in because like you're, how you're saying you were like, all right, when COVID hit and I couldn't go see them, you were like, fuck, like I really miss this, right? And for me, it was like, all right, COVID hit and then didn't go get to see shows, and I was like oh, okay, like, this isn't too bad, I guess. Like, you know, I'm dealing with it, right? And then the shows came back and that's when I got hit. I was like, wow, okay, I just spent the last two years not seeing this. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, isn't yeah. it weird how that kind of like everyone's dealing with it differently on that yeah. time, their own timeline? Yeah, you're kind mm -hmm. of in like personal denial about yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever I'm, I'm is cool a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go and see one again and you're like, yeah. I missed you so Yeah, much. I was like, fuck. Like, one, yeah. one of the last shows that I saw was Wage War, Crystal Lake, and Polaris. Yeah. Oh, far out. Yeah. Okay. And that was yeah. a, I didn't go to it because I was doing comedy here in Adelaide and like I was doing a hectic fringe schedule because it was right in the middle of fringe. And so I oh, sent my missus. Out. I was like, look, you go. This is my only night off. I was doing like a 12 show run and I was like, I'm going to miss it. And we go into lockdown like, yeah. you know, a short time after. So like, you know, I was like, and they came home and they were like, it was the best show. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Were amazing. Yeah, and I was already feeling good. sad about missing it. <laughs> and then little did I know that was going to be the last, well, the last possible show I could have seen for, for, you know, a year and a half. So, yeah. So Nathaniel, um, how do you deal with um, not seeing live music over COVID? Okay. Before I answer that, first of all, that was really beautifully put. Like that was very passionate. So I, I'm like, yeah, I appreciate that. that Thank was, you, man. We just yeah. love music. That's why we're doing yeah. these things, man. Exactly. Like we are, you know, we just absolutely love the the scene, the music, and um, yeah, it means a lot to us. And otherwise, I think we try to make that shine through on the podcast as well. You know, there's no point in us being here having these interviews and being not passionate about it. Otherwise, yeah, exactly. it's going to seem pretty disingenuous. So yeah, yeah. we just well, we just love music. Exactly, and it it shows like you know that you that you care and you're passionate about it, and that that's why we're all here. But yeah. you know, like on that. Uh, you know, like I, obviously COVID, like for a lot of people, like a lot of bands and artists, like that was really the point where it's kind of like, am I, do I want this? Or is this kind of like a thing that I'm sitting on the fence about? Mm -hmm. So we saw a lot of, you know, like artists and bands like dissolve and, but that's like, you know, they've gone into different stages of their life and maybe, you know, that they realized that they didn't want a career out of it or they, you know, that, that you know, like some people are just like, you know aren't like fully in it and that's okay and like you know that's you know that's what they need to do and that's okay but for a lot of the bands that are here now they're like no we're here mm. like we want this yeah and like for some of us like for me like it feels like so dramatic but i feel like i like can't breathe if i like can't make music and do it like it's it's so weird like i yeah, like it, it i feel now i feel like i couldn't go back to like just doing what I was doing for four or five years before Loon because it was like four or five years where I just felt like 
so like not myself fully mm. and i was like something's missing something's not right and then we started the band and then pretty much launched the band like similar sort of deal like we launched the band november 2019 released the first track wow no december shit, released yeah. manipulator second track do our first show headline like craziest show i've ever played in my entire life and it's the band's first show yeah um i think we played one more show lockdown that's it yeah see that's nuts man and yeah. it was like this weird thing but like it was like super like bittersweet because you still like released the whole like we're this ghost in that time and it was like because obviously was, it was nice because people are sitting at home and they like spent the time to like listen to this music because people start to realize like oh like this is really important to me and like this is or, or you know people are connecting to, to to the things that people have made and created because they're now you can't go and talk to someone face to face you're looking for connection in other places and you're going back to the ways that you can feel a real human connection or experience with another person and like you know it's you know for a lot of people people take their own meanings out of music that's made and they they take something away from it or it has a, a different meaning for them like um for like sure. I, get, I get that a lot with like manipulator like people come up to me and they're like tell me like a story or like how it's like how that they've used the energy from that song to kind of like push through something of theirs or they've like shared something with me because like i said the band is trauma dumping the band um mm. and so like we just but you know it's i don't know it's like not really trauma dumping. it's just like a positive release of negative energy of course, yeah. um and uh i'll just say this now uh if you you know do have you know issues please please go and seek help and get therapy like i've been going to therapy for eight years and it has wow. been the best thing i've ever done in my entire life so please do that but anyway we'll leave it at that um, no that's good man because we actually do have a very strong focus on mental health we actually have episodes where we only talk about mental health so it's really good and if you do want to delve deeper into it um be my guest because we think that um music is basically auditory therapy in a certain way and that's i know that's for me that's a part of the reason why i love it music is. so much so yeah absolutely and um i'm actually think, uh yeah. i'm actually about to spend the next two days doing uh suicide intervention uh training uh here in adelaide through one of the charities that we've had on the podcast oh, before yeah. so i'm i'm uh, very excited to take part of that and kind of turn my passion for it into something tangible mm. um and something that i can help with so yeah do not uh do not yeah hesitate to to go a little bit further on that i think again talking about the COVID stuff um, it was a really tough time because again, you know, it wasn't just how much we love music, but not having access to something where, whether it's cathartic for you as a, as a band or anyone in a band, um, but for us being able to get out and have that social interaction and, and, and losing all of that, um, you know, we, we talked about it a lot through the, the pandemic mm. about how much it was going to impact people's mental health. And I think again, coming out of it, realizing how much, I think, you know, you mentioning about needing to go and uh, seeing a therapist for so long and I think it's just so important that we just have that conversation as casually as what you just did um, and you know bring it up as casually as you did because it's so important and we're seeing a lot of musicians like you said 
kind of coming away from writing music about aliens and stuff like that and, and having more of that, like I'm going to talk about, you know, what is really passionate to me and a lot of that ties into mental health, you know, that's that's what a lot of people are dealing with on a day-to-day basis. So, yeah, if you are listening to this and, and there's anything outstanding and you, you, you need to talk, whether it is a therapist or just someone in general, um, absolutely make sure that you reach out and, and talk to someone and, and hopefully, you know, if you haven't already got a great relationship with music and that helps you in some way then definitely keep listening and finding stuff because mm. like you said it's it, it's a massive it can change my mood in an instant oh, from yeah. anything and um i'm sure that there's absolutely you know, most musicians in the world would agree that's the power of it so um you know even if it's just something as simple as that finding something that means something to you and, and use it then then absolutely do it and um yeah i guess it even kind of comes back to what you were saying about, uh, you know, how the good relationship with your band, all of that ties in. So important to like, you know, for you and your brother to, as you said, separate the the things of being bros from the band. Because at the end of the day, if you don't do all of those things or recognize all of those things, it then contributes to animosity, which then affects mental health. You know, it, it all is intrinsically tied together. So um, I think it, everyone's having a much bigger respect for that now and, and kind of making sure that they thread that into the, the, you know, the very being of a band to make sure that that's an important sort of pillar. Absolutely. And we're trying to like have our shows be like a, like a platform for people to actually kind of get that out because I honestly think the worst thing that anyone can do is continue to internalize how they're feeling and all that, all these things that are affecting them neg- negatively, no matter how minor it may be, because ultimately for a lot of people, that's like the real killer is like, they just eat some alive because I don't feel like they can talk to anyone about it or they feel yeah. like, like they're a broken record or they can't talk about it, but like you can't hold any of that in because it will just make you sick. And like, I, I encourage people at our shows to like, if you have nobody to talk to, if you like, don't feel like you have any friends or you, you, you can't trust anyone with any, anything like that you're, you're holding in to, to come and talk to us like anywhere at the show and after the show and, and, and get it out of your system. I will, yeah. I, I will be the one that is your friend that sits and listens and doesn't judge you for how you are feeling because everybody needs that in some sort of way yeah. whether you know you know it's one thing to listen to music and connect to it because of your experiences or how you're feeling and feeling seen by something in some sort of way but it's really important to be heard mm. and to be understood before you can get any of that and for a lot of people that feel like they have no one you know and they're connecting with artists through music you know like they feel like they need to have that connection and I, I know some artists like personally, you know, like you, you can't do that to ev- every artist that you go and see because they might have something going on that you don't know about, you know, mm. you, like, um, you know, just like anyone else, you know, we're, we're just people, you know, um, run and, uh, you know, like people have things going on, you know, family stuff happens, life stuff happens, you know, but I, I encourage people to come up to me in particular and, and just, get out of your system because I, the worst thing that I ever did was hold it in and feel like I was a burden to other people and that I was a broken record for like, like I was like some sort of bad person for, for, for being like chronically depressed or something like that, that I I couldn't get out. And I think, you know, obviously a therapist is a really important thing for that because you've got a forum where 
you know, there is a person there that is capable and is trained um, and has the capacity to take that on and, yeah. and can give you steps and tools to get over that. But yeah. even before that, sometimes you just need to be heard and get out of your system. Exactly. Um, yeah. And for us, the shows have always for us been that sort of thing um, because, you know, this, the, the subject matter of the songs we, we put out, there's a lot of really topic, really heavy topics. And, you know, one of them is literally about a suicide attempt. Mm. And it's, it, it's about, you know, uh, it's about my experience with, you know, a few years ago, you know, I was in a really bad place because of a lot of different things. And I thought that, you know, I had nothing left to, to lose. And yeah, but you know, the best, the best decision I ever made was sticking around and, yeah. um, you know, very thankful for friends and for band and for having good help therapists and that sort of thing that can help give me tools to get through those sort of things and be a happier and healthier person. And I, I, I want to put out the message that, you know, everyone has an opportunity to make those changes for themselves. And if you need help, it's, it's all right to ask for help because yeah. no one's perfect getting help and being healthy or anything isn't a linear path. You're not going to be in one place and then just be good forever. It's dips and troughs. There is no like I was here and now I'm good all the time. It's yes. just yes. Isn't like that. And that's one thing that with it's not being talked about enough. Life is full of dips and troughs. You're never going to be happy all the time. Yep. Um, and it's important to, to let all of those things out in a healthy way because ultimately it's going to, prevent you from harming yourself emotionally and you know like or you know like or uh, in other ways and um so I, I think it's really important for people to have that opportunity to to have some sort of you know relief from that uh so for us you know like for me the putting out the music is like quite cathartic and it's quite um you know it's a, like a positive release of all of these bad things um instead of holding him in for a lot of people they're, they're giving that energy back to you and they're, they're coming to shows because you know some people with heavy music you know we didn't feel accepted you mm, know for, for the music we listen to or for who we are or for uh gender gender identity sexuality yeah. anything like race whatever shows are a forum where you can come to a place and have a positive release release of energy in a safe environment yeah yeah and for us that's what shows are all about and that's what it's always been about and I think that, you know, that I want, you know, and now as a younger band, you know, we're not a big band by any, by any stretch of the means, we're a small band, but for us, you know, if we can do our bit to make shows a more positive and safe place and a, and a place where people feel safe and have a forum to get out things that they're holding in so that they're not internalizing it, that's what we'll do. And I'll, yeah sit there and I will listen to every single person that wants to feels comfortable or safe enough or has the courage to come and talk to me about that because yeah. it takes a lot of courage to, to speak up and say that, you know, like I'm, I'm not doing good. Um, yeah. and that's, so it's and that's important another thing. to get that the time of day. Yeah. And if, and if you're saying this now, right, someone could be listening to this and going, you know what, like, I'm going to go to a loon show. I'm going to, I'm going to get around it. And then afterwards, maybe I will want to come and chat to chat to Nathaniel about how I'm feeling because I don't feel like I've got anyone else. Right. And even though you were saying, you know what, well, we're a small band in the scheme of things, we have this kind of idea with our podcast that if, if we even have helped one single person, right, we're happy and we feel like we've done our job. Absolutely. And I'm sure you feel the exact same way with the music as well. 
exactly exactly and like yeah like it's it's crazy to me like even as like a basically a, a local band to like uh to have someone come up to you and, and and say that they they felt seen in some sort of way by something you made or yeah. that it's given them an opportunity to find to pluck up the courage to actually speak up about how they're feeling or that's they've experienced and and take the steps to get better yeah um and so i you know i'm happy to accommodate those people that are just trying to be happier people and um and and be healthier because you know i want everyone that, that comes to my shows to be happier and healthier and better and you know, like for, sure. for us, like we don't, yeah, the whole point of us doing what we do is like not about, well, for me anyway, it's like I don't want to write sad songs all the time forever. It's ultimately yeah. just about, I keep saying it over and over, but it's just like a, a positive release. Yeah. It is about yeah. it being cathartic yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. and getting it out of your system. Um, and the next record is like that as well. And like kind of scared to release <laughs> the new songs to the very, raw yeah i would say um but i think that is why we're so proud of them and i'm yeah. i'm like very thankful that my band has been gracious enough to let me like talk about the stuff that i've talked about on any of our music yeah uh, well, cause, I- you know it's it's their music too like it's yeah this isn't well, a Nathaniel show where we're a collective or a band it's like, yeah 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 well, I want to say um, I want to say thank you for sharing all of that as well. Like, I think that you know it is so important that people can be really open and honest about their own experiences because it does help um, so many others who may have felt close to the edge or you know even some of what you explained. And um, you know, it takes a lot to be able to talk about that stuff in the way that you just did. So I really want to thank you uh, for doing that and for being so open and honest because you know it means the world and it's a lot of what we um, try to, to have those conversations here on the podcast. So um, I'm really happy to hear that you're you're doing better now. And mm. and like you said, man, the battle's never over though. And I think that's yeah. such an important part Thank is you. that, you know, you've got to, it's not about starting the work is uh, is one thing, but you've got to continue to do the work on yourself and, 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 you know, apply those tools and the methodologies that you found has helped you get back from that ledge um, and continue to put them into practice and understand what helps you in different ways and, and continue to use that so that you can feel like that as much as possible. And you're not always, it's not 100% foolproof and things are going to completely, the wheels are going to fall off sometimes. That's just the reality of dealing with these things. But, um, you know, when people can hear the, I guess the confidence in your voice that you have about the position that you're in right now talking about it, that's what's super important. That gives people hope to be like, hold on a second, he was here at this point and now he's here and he's talking about it, you know, with gusto that's because of the work that you put in and, and going to therapy and um, but then also acknowledging that the battle's not not over. So I just wanted to thank you really for that. And and the last question, I guess, for the band before we get into what we call the guestions, uh, which is a, a recurring segment we have with every guest where we ask them a, a predetermined set of questions, but just about the direction for Lou now. We know you've obviously got some music out, but what's kind of, you know, you guys are all so super motivated. Where would you like to see yourself after this tour that you've got coming up? What would you like to do next? What's the kind of end goal if you put an end goal or you know future goal for the band what would you love to see yourself doing down the track i mean so 
if you're talking like big long-term stuff, we want to be touring overseas. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think we need to really prove that we're worthy of that to mm. the, the the wider music community before we can get over there. And we, we really want to grow our audience and um, keep building upon what we're already building. Um, Touring-wise, there's a lot of artists we'd love to work with musically on music, but also we think we'd just love to work with. And coming up, we've got a, a lot of things big things coming but no (laughs) no you know like there's like a lot of artists that i just i can't believe we're working with like Mm. um there's one you know artist in particular that i i i still can't believe it's happening um um that's all i can say on that i can't elaborate i can't elaborate can you you tell us can you tell us if they're australian or are they from i will not i will not disclose um yeah i gotta hold him i can't i can't give everything away because it's part of the surprise but i I just like i can't believe it like just when they started talking to us and even knew who the fuck we were i was like you are not not supposed to know that we even exist um so that was just crazy to me like that yeah so i like anyone that comes to our shows i'm just shocked that anyone cares because it's just for for me it's just i just do what i do and i do it because i enjoy doing it and because i care of course i want to like grow the band and everything but yeah it's just um we just care about what we're doing. We want to do what's right for the music. But anyway, like touring wise, it looks like it's already a busy start to the year. And then we're just really excited to get this new music out. It is the most proud we've ever been of anything we've ever done musically. Amazing. It's like, I can commonly say, like I, we say like, it just fucking shits on anything we've ever done, like yeah. in the biggest way. And I just, it's, yeah, I've never been more proud of anything we've ever done. Like, and personally, like as a singer, like I, I some of the things I did, I just, I, before we did it, I, I didn't believe I could do. Wow. There were some things where I was like, there's no way I can fucking do this. But yeah. Um, like, so I, I guess like I'm proud in terms of like a development for every single member. Like everyone has really brought it um, big time and really stepped it up. And yeah. do you have any sort of timeline for like, can like, do you have any, like, you can't give us anything at all. Like when we rough gauge of how long until it's we get a, a song. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. This year, will, okay, you will that's good be enough. hearing music from us. That's good. This, this year, probably, yeah, I would say you'll start hearing stuff first half of this year. I would say. Okay. Um, so, yeah, um, which I'm really excited about because it's been too bloody long between yeah. music, yeah. and but I'm glad we spent the time that we did to get it right because it's, yeah, yeah man. I'll, I'll tell you what, like. For us, like I, I would say it's worth the wait. Um, <laughs> Amazing, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, look, I'm looking forward to hearing that one that you guys played live. Yeah, we've yeah, got a couple, yeah. couple new ones yeah, live. A couple new they're, ones, yeah. yeah. They're being, they're being going down well. It's, it's like weird when you like three songs out of your set and, and new songs, and people yeah. are still going nuts for them, and mm. you're like, this isn't even out yet. What do you mean? Um, yep. but, <laughs> yeah, um, which is cool. Um, so I'm excited for that. Like, I, just, I can't wait to get it into people's ears yeah. well we can't wait either now because you've uh you've you've set the scene and we've obviously heard <laughs> some of it so um yeah I, there was definitely not a song that i didn't think fucking slapped that whole yeah. set so uh, yep. i'm excited to be able to get it into my ear holes more often but uh oh, look let's get you. into the guessions and, and let you get back let's. to your nights uh so question number one man hit him with it should we melt his face question, yeah, number, question one? number one all right this is a bit of a tough one we're quite often fine especially for musicians all right so uh what's your favorite song of all 
all time. Number one. Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> yeah. this, I, this is the thing. Like, I have so many answers to this question. Yeah. yeah. It is like so fucking hard for me to answer this question because I listen to so much music. Okay. So we allow you to give us a top three to start with if you right. want to rattle three off. But then at the end, uh, you have, you to, have to narrow one. it down to one. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. More recently, um, I would say it's probably it's a song by Phoebe Bridges, um, and it is called Punisher. Okay. It is oh. like the it's it's like the that uh, just that uh, it, not even a, that just a, that song like that whole album for me is is a zero skips album. It is a flawless album. It is perfect. Wow. Um, okay. There's no nothing I ha- there's nothing I hate about that album or dislike wow. about in the slightest. It is a perfect album. There is no skips. Um, it's it's raw it's honest it's just like she like pokes fun at herself and like it's 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 so self-aware of what it is and so brutally honest in some parts that sometimes it's almost like hurts yeah Um, wow yeah which is like the kind of music i love because it's just like fucking hell like who hurt you and then you're like oh wait you're 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 telling me right now yeah Um, (laughs) yeah so she i actually only discovered her in the last year because she does a cover of a bo burnham song yeah um and does a fucking incredible job of it so i i will go back now on your recommendation and and dive further into her catalog because yeah voice is definitely incredible so i'm sure that she's singing some some hurdy uh songs i'm gonna feel them honorable mention to uh, the Keller and the Sound, which is actually a blend of two songs. It's a Phoebe Bridges song called The Keller and um, a Noah Gunderson song. And it's like them doing a song together and it's like all live in studio. And it's just okay. them, two pianos and their voices. Yeah, right. And it's oh, amazing. One of the most moving things I've heard. Um, so I would say probably that. Uh, fucking hell, there's so much stuff. Second off will probably be um, another indie one, actually, another folk one. Uh, Benny Best song. Uh, it's called Ari Stacks. Okay. Um, um, it's just we haven't had anybody ever before. No. No. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was actually supposed to be going to see them, and I've been wanting to see them for ten years, and I have to sell my ticket to Melbourne oh. because we're going to be on tour with Destruction, which oh. I'm gutted about. But like, also, yeah. But the song Ari Stacks, and it it closes out like a really emotive raw album. Um, and it's it's just him in a room with an acoustic guitar. It's very raw, and then like it's almost like you're in the room with him. It's cool. so yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. Like I, you just completely transported to another place when you hear that song, and um, yeah. it's like the perfect closer to an album. Um, but oh, back to the Punisher thing, speaking of perfect closes to an album, the actual favorite song of that album, which I will say is the, the best song, I would say is it's called I Know The End. Okay. And it's, she released it, you know, that album June 2020 when everyone's at home literally thinking the world is ending and the song is about the end of the world. Yeah. Like her okay. feeling like it's the end of the world and like not really knowing what to do with herself. And wow. yeah, it's, it, yeah. So I would say I Know The End by Phoebe Bridges. Um, then Ari Stacks by Bernie Ver. Oh, there's so many tracks I want to do, but I'll probably, yeah, I'll yeah, probably yeah. finish it off with a heavy one. Um, God, there's two bands that I want to pick from that are two, which are like particularly for Loon. 
super formative tracks, I would say. Um, I could go with a new one, but I could go go with an old one too. But I'll go with an old one. Um, I have a lot of time for a track uh, from a band called Tesseract. Yeah, um, yeah, a a very, very important band. Very, very important band to us collectively, like especially to my brother in terms of songwriting. And if you want to talk about flawless songwriting and a band that has not released a single bad album uh you want to talk about tesseract that that band has never missed ever yeah um uh god what a fucking song do i pick my god for me personally it's probably april okay tesseract it's like um yeah that song is like so much going on and it's such a heavy song in terms of subject matter Mm-hmm. Um, for, and for me, like, I remember being like probably 16 and hearing that for the first time and being like, whoa, this is fucked. Um, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, you gotta, you gotta read along with the lyrics of that song and it's, it's pretty, um, rough. And like Dan Tompkins is such a force vocally, um, mm. that his vocal delivery is unreal and you know he, for him to be you know in such good shape and such good vocal condition you know you, you, at his not his age because he's not even that old yet but like he's just at the top of his game yeah. still still yeah um oh, there's so many more songs i could do <laughs> so of those three that you've given us though what would you say is the what's the best what's, what's your favorite the, what's your favorite of those three you gotta, you gotta give us one all right that's why the question's it's tough. The it's question's your favorite tough. song. This is so hard. Um, God. Um, far out. I'm probably going to say R.E. Stacks just because. All right. We yeah, like it. R.E. Stacks. Uh, that song, like for me, like every time I listen to it, I always, I get, it's like, I get the same emotions I felt when I first heard it. Yeah. And that's a true definition of a good song right there, isn't it? Yep. Every single time I hear it playing, I'm like, it's like, it is like the first time I ever heard it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You're just completely captivated by it and you, yeah, you're hanging on to every single note and every single word. It just, yeah, you're completely captivated by it because it's such an intimate song. Because it's just, yeah, yeah. just like a room mic and it like a doubled vocal for the guitar. It's just, yeah, I would, yeah, that's it. That's a Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, well, I'll check into it oh. right now. It's special. Love it. Yeah, I'll check that one out for sure. All right. Well, question number two is a, a, usually an easier one than that one. Um, but who is your favorite uh, comedian or comedic yeah. actor? Oh, comedian or comedic actor at the moment? Far out. It's a good question. Oh, he's not really a comedic actor anymore um, because he just, like, uh, my comfort show is Parks and Rec, right? Oh, like, yeah. when I don't know the fuck to watch, Rec, I put on Parks bro. and Rec. Yeah. Um, yeah, me too. And Nick Offerman, Nick Offerman plays a character in uh, the, the Last of Us TV show. Yeah. Oh, that's just came out yesterday. Yeah. Really? just came out yesterday. Those games are like my favorite games ever made. Yeah. Um, because I remember like I, I, I'm an avid lover of video games. Um, and I, I didn't play The Last of Us when it first came out. Um, and then someone kept harping on to me that I should play it. And I finally started playing it in 2020. Yeah. And like The Last of Us Part 2 had just come out. So I just smashed all the games in one go. Yeah. And I got to the end of the cliffhanger of that game and went, I can't fucking believe that they left them on a cliffhanger like that for seven years. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, Nick Offerman just, yeah, I, I have, I never felt like that after an episode of television. Wow. Ever. I need to watch this now. No, because no, it's, no, it's, it's, yeah, it, I cried my eyes out. How I close was, do they do it to the actual game storyline? Because I know a little bit of the, I, I didn't play it, but like I'm the kind of person that likes to watch people game, play games sometimes. And I used yeah. to watch my old housemate who we mentioned earlier play that game. Um, so without, how close is it to the store, actual storyline of the game? Without giving it too much away, like the first episode, shot for shot, like yeah. in some parts. Like it was, it was like okay. shot for shot with the cutscenes, mm-hmm. like really beautiful callbacks to the game pretty much the same yep other than a couple of little things that i feel like in a tv which i i actually totally understand why they did it because in a tv show sense it doesn't make sense to do it that way because a lot of the things and how they worked you know the infect and most of us yeah it makes sense in a video game in a sense um but doesn't really go across to like a TV show too well. Yeah. So, but they've still stayed extremely true to the source, source material. Cool. Um, and in the most recent episode, they've added a really, a, a much larger depth to a character, which doesn't actually get heaps of screen time in the game. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of things, but without, without giving anything away, there's like a certain scene of the game where it's like heavily implied that this is what this is, but they don't really give much more time of day to it than that. Like there's no other context given. Yeah. Now in that episode, they they give a whole backstory to a whole context in a in a larger way, and they change the narrative of that character in a way, but it's still the same outcome ultimately. Okay, like cool, cool. Um, and yeah, it's just be ready to feel a lot of feelings. Yeah, um, okay, uh, I'm keen, yeah. I'm keen. They, I've never had a game that has made me feel like that and and left me with that much to think about after mm. playing it. Wow. Like I remember finishing The Last of Us Part Two and just like. I was thinking about that for two months afterwards, that ending just. <laughs> yeah, I've got to go back and I only played like half of number one and then gave up because I'm oh. so bad at, I'm so bad at like sneaky, like methodic, like games. Oh, really? I'm a very yeah. like run and gun, like yeah. let me just kill everything. See, I love like Hitman and, and shit like that. Nah, like, yeah, the Last garbage. of Us Part no, 2 Assassin's is really Creed. good. The Last of Us Part 2 is really good for that. Um, there's a much more combat, I would say. It's still yeah, you got to do cool. a bit of stealth, but there's much more combat. But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that game, you're almost like pushing through to get to like the next part of the story. Mm, and they're like yeah. giving, they're like peppering bits of the story and dialogue as you're playing. Yeah. But um, yeah, anyway, I would say more recently probably Nick got off. Yeah. Well, a quick, um, a quick shout out for Parks just, and Rec as well is uh, what, that is one of my yeah. favorite shows of all time. But yeah. Ben Schwartz as uh, John Ralphio oh, yeah. in that show is one of my favorite. Like, and the story of him, <laughs> he, the story of him getting cast for like it was just supposed to be a couple of episodes popping up with um, Aziz and then just like absolutely blowing the doors like off yeah. the performance and becoming like to become so much of a recurring character that they then cast your sister and your dad and all yeah. of those things like built around what was meant to initially be just a short cameo is one of the coolest yeah. like you know tv show stories of all time and i oh, find myself best. watching a youtube compilation of john ralphio singing all the time like yeah. that is my like little guilty pleasure is like watching him do the because she's the worst oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah oh my yeah, god yeah. but just him as an actor he's fantastic like even in um space force yeah he's yeah really he's fucking really good, good too that. yeah 
Yeah, big time. And his uh, his Middleton and Swartz, did you watch that? He did an improv thing no. on Netflix no. where it's just like they get ideas from the crowd and yeah. they just act out the scenes. Hilarious. Ooh, so good. Wow. Chaos, Definitely yeah. check that out. Um, all right. Question number uh, three um, is, we'll go to this one. We'll go, uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Probably call back to what we were talking about before, which is something my uh, my granddad actually said to me, which is uh, don't hold it in because it'll make you sick. Um, nice. It's just like, just, yeah, it'll eat you alive. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, you know, never leave something unsaid. Um, it's in in any sort of dynamic. Like I think, you know, if you're not feeling good, you should talk about it and get out of your system and not be holding that internalizing it in. But the same goes for relationships, whether it be band, actual relationships, family or whatever, you should talk and hear each other out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I think that's really important. Don't hold it in and also just hear everyone out, hear each other yeah. out. That's that, that's great. That's yeah, great. I think communication is something that quite often is very sorely lacking and or overlooked. Yeah. Um. And you know, holding something in, I know I'm guilty of it too. Because I, I like you said, you said a bit earlier. Um, feeling like you're a burden, feeling like you're a broken record. I quite often feel the same way because, quite often for me, it's the same problem that keeps grinding on me for for a while there and you don't want to i don't want to turn to him every week and be like hey bro this is what's pissing me off and he goes i've told you this three times already even though he would listen to me another four hundred thousand times yeah. i don't you know what i mean like it's just you don't want to feel like you're doing that so when you're holding shit in you just fucking it's building up on you you know yeah absolutely like you know like you might think you're driving someone insane but you're driving yourself insane by holding it in and yeah. you know like i think i'm you know, you're very lucky to have a, fr- a friend that, that'll keep hearing you out and saying those things because it's mm. important to just keep talking about those things and hearing each other out and and doing that because, you know, like like I said, like we've said, like getting better isn't linear and yeah. you know, you're not going to be like, oh, this is gone forever now and like some things keep coming back up and like, or, you know, like, man, like getting better is or, or – being happy or whatever or finding happiness like it's it's never like so straightforward you mm-hmm. there's always gonna like we said dips and troughs like it's just, yeah yeah it's always gonna be you know <laughs> sometimes maybe good sometimes maybe shit yeah. but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um no you just you gotta say how you're feeling because otherwise it's just gonna fucking kill you and Absolutely. you know i think you know to anyone, you know, I think we'd much rather hear that than, you know, be at your funeral. Absolutely. Yeah, man. 100%. A, 100%. Much rather be listening to you and helping you through it than, you know, be the letter. You know, yeah. that's probably yeah. a bit macabre, but no, it's, it's the truth. But it's the truth. Yeah. It is absolutely the truth. And uh, um, all right. Well, uh, I think that's probably a, a perfect segue into this question as well. Um, what uh, What are a couple of things that you're grateful for today, Nathaniel? Ah, uh, okay. Uh, God, I'm, just, I'm grateful for my band. Extremely grateful for my band. Yeah, I um, can tell I'm that very, from very this conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm very grateful for my friends. Like my friends are like the best people in the fucking world. Um, and 
yeah, I I don't know why they why or how they put up with me, but they do. <laughs> um, and we drive each other nuts, but they're your friends, and that's what you do, and you drive each other nuts, and it's kind of the best part about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm incredibly thankful for my band and for my friends, and for the opportunity to do anything that I do. Not 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 even just musically, just for you know. Uh, especially after COVID and everything, yeah. like I think I'm just extremely op- like grateful for any opportunity that I'm given to do anything. Um, and life is so short and so yeah. fleeting, and and it can be over in a second, and and things can change in a second. So just yeah, you got to really sit and like take in everything around you because could be over and anytime really you know that's yeah. it man and that's yeah. why we like that question so much we actually haven't asked that question for the good first like you know 60 episodes, 60 episodes you know? yeah, until, uh, yeah, yeah then it popped can... up and um we were like fuck that's actually a really powerful question because it makes you sit there and it even makes us sit there you just you go and just stand you know my friends it made me go like yeah fuck you know what like i'm really grateful for my fucking friends today too you know like it's, yeah. it makes you think because they they you know they'll they'll love you and 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 you know to have to have good friends is to have them you know hear you out and to have your small circle of people that you all support each other and lift each other up and and you're there for one another but you also call each other on your shit yeah um yeah and you know the one thing I've learned I think you you learn kind of getting a bit older and I'm not even that old yet but you know getting a bit older is you know I'd I'd rather have you know like. 10 really good friends than like a hundred shit friends Absolutely. Um, that, that, uh, you know, like enable bad behaviors or anything like that. You know, I think it's really important to have friends that support each other, but also hold each other accountable for stuff yeah. and, 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 you know, work to make each other be better yeah. um, and, and, and give each other an opportunity to learn and to be better and, that, I think that's a really important and powerful thing. Yeah, yeah and I think sure, man. as well, it's yeah. one of those things where like uh, it's just as important. We always talk about when thing when you're going through something, when you're feeling down, to talk about it. But I think a side that often doesn't get talked about enough, and this is like a, a practice that I know from therapists, is it's just as important to talk when things are going well. And so like that whole gratitudes thing, mm-hmm. I think, is a part of that in like really thinking about when you're in a good headspace, this is what I'm thankful for. These are the things that I have gratitude for because that helps you build. And we talk about this a lot, like build that kind of suit of armor for when things start to to go bad again. You've really put the time and the effort into when things were going well. So you're more ready to deal with that next trough, that next peak, whatever it may be, um, because you've done that work when you're also, I think sometimes, you know, we can as humans start to feel better and then kind of forget about the work that we did to get ourselves there but exactly. you know i've heard therapists talk about before that the work when you're feeling good is actually more important than when you're on the edge is doing that extremely important yeah. yeah yeah and we've we've said this from a guy the one who introduced the gratitude question to us also talks about it as mental fitness so instead of calling it mental health he goes i never call it that because it makes it sound like it's a condition or a treatable thing where it's not the case it's mental fitness because you have to exercise every 
every day. It's 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 continuing to do the work so that your you know mental fitness level is high, so that you're ready to deal with the you know the challenges that are going to be presented because they are going to be presented as you've said. So oh yeah, um, yeah. I just think that's uh, that's super important. And man, hit him with the uh, we're going to we're going to go off the the heavies for a second, and we're going to have a yeah. little bit of fun to wrap this podcast yes. up. Yeah, this is it. This is the final question, mate. And we hit everybody with this one. Go so on. we're looking forward to your answer. Would you rather fight one duck-sized horse? Right? No. No, no. Have one I got it backwards? Horse, yeah, one. We spent one month off of this and all of a sudden we've got to fucking lost fizzle it out. Ryan, okay, yeah. let's go again. One horse-sized horse duck or 100 duck-sized horses? There you go. Oh, this is like the... um. Like the, would you fight like an army of toddlers type thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Fuck. How big, like duck size horses? How big's a duck size? So you got your average duck, right? Yeah. And then, but it's, but they're actually horses. So there's a hundred of them or one duck that's the size of a horse. Of a, of a full grown male horse. Clydesdale. <laughs> Clydesdale. <laughs> you know, that's a big duck. That's um, a very what? big duck. Yeah. That is a big as fuck duck. Yeah. But that's um, also a hundred fucking horses. But they're little. Yeah. Uh, but are you afraid of a duck at, 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 at its own size already? Do I have prep time? Oh, no one's ever asked that before. <laughs> I don't think we've That's a gamer. That is a, that that's is a gamer. A, yeah, that's a, a gamer right there. Like, how, can I build <laughs> yeah. a base? How big's my inventory? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> how much? How much? Like, can I carry in my yeah, backpack yeah, yeah. before I become incumbent? Let, 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 let's say no prep time. You are faced in front of you with a decision to either fight one giant duck or a hundred. <laughs> Miniature horse. You're Russell Crowe in the Gladiator, right? And you're like just chained up underneath the Coliseum, and they go, "You've got two choices, prisoner, of what you're going to go out. And if you fight to the death and win, then you get released as a you're no longer a slave." I think I would fight the big duck. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's thinking yeah. about the glory of the Coliseum. <laughs> uh, the glory. I don't know. It's just like one duck. Like it's still just one duck. Like yeah. you yeah. got to think about horses. Horses can fuck you up and they've got hooves. Yep. Ducks mm. just like eat giant seeds and it might have a giant <laughs> beak or whatever, but it's still just a big bird. Yeah, so exactly. Like, exactly. exactly. Like, it's, it's good just, to have another person on my side for yeah. it. It's just yeah. a big bird. Like. Yeah. Like anything, they've all got weak points. And exactly, it's a- bro. And and you know what my my logic is is you just go for their skinny ass little weak ass legs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was gonna, true, I was yeah. just gonna say like I just pull out the camping gear and I'll just fucking go for it on the duck. But <laughs> um, but like if I had prep time, I would say it would be the horses because they're just okay. getting like. Get in a car and do some Tokyo drift. Yeah, horses. That's fantastic. I love that. We sometimes we always get thrown new like we do. Yeah, yeah. To the question, so it's yeah. nice to have after what we've asked this question like seventy times. Yeah, now, so this is, yeah. This is one of the old. Do a whole bunch of donuts around like the giant group of horses. Like, yeah, yeah, in yeah. Car and it's, it's over for those one horses, at a time. Yeah, yeah the, the, Tokyo the, murder. The, yeah, the duck's gonna take a bit more time, but it's a duck. Yeah, exactly. You know, like exactly. If I if I can like outrun it, which I reckon I could, like it might ducks can fly, but still, like you know, yeah, yeah I'll exactly. go I'll go find a bakery and I'll find a lot of bread. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck's yeah, sake! That's, that's well thought out. Love like it, it. Yeah. love it. Then, then- <laughs> Well, Nathaniel, mate, we have really enjoyed chatting to you about uh, music, about Loon and about bakeries. Yeah. So thanks for um, coming on, man. We really appreciate it, eh? 
Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'm, thanks for the chats. We're Not looking a problem forward at all, to man. It. Thank you so much and uh, take care of yourself. We look forward to seeing you back here uh, in, obviously you can talk about this because it's yeah, been announced. So before yeah. you go, plug the uh, tour. When does it start? Where does it start? All right, we're on tour with Within Destruction in March. I think the first date is literally like the 1st of March. Um, I'm going to pull up the tour dates because I'm the worst with this. Um, yeah, get them up, man. That's okay. It's pretty yeah, new. So no, we, we'll no, we, start off in Bris- we start off in Brisbane on the 2nd. And then awesome. we work down and then we do Newcastle and then we do Sydney and then we do Melbourne, Melbourne yep. on the Sunday. And then Adelaide's on a Tuesday, which will be interesting, but I'm looking forward to it because it's a, a big, heavy show with a lot of heavy bands. And, uh, and no Adel- clashes. I, d- I doubt there'll be any clashes. So oh, you'll well, be that, that, the that, only. That doesn't you, even, you're just clashing that, with Married at First Sight on a fucking yeah, that's right. Tuesday no, afternoon. No, whatever. It's like, you know, <laughs> Matt moshing or, or Married at First exactly, Sight. Exactly, bro. Exactly. Me, yeah, Adelaide like, is like always been the mosh city. So yeah, man. I reckon yeah. it's going to be a really sick show and I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. I reckon it's yeah. going to be really fun yeah <laughs> i can't and that's at enigma as well isn't it so enigma bar, oh baby. back at enigma again yeah, yeah sure dude. so yeah. we're going we're coming along on the yeah. uh we'll get out on the tuesday night i've got polaris that week as well oh yeah oh, and i've got a me. comedy show like in rural adelaide on the friday night so that is going to be a crazy Stomp week, week yeah. um, big week very excited for it thank yeah. you so much for jumping on man and uh, yeah me. looking yeah. forward to get to see you in person again in a few weeks time Unreal. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Legend.